Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Forever Bristol City podcast, the final score at Turf Moor. It finished Burnley 2, Bristol City 1. We've lost two games in a week. The good thing is we've got them out of the way. It would have been nice to have picked up something from the two games. We haven't, uh, but I don't think anybody's feeling too downhearted. But again, when we go through the game, which I'm going to do in a moment with uh, Ian and Mark, we're going to be talking about uh, sloppy goals and not so much missed chances, a couple of good saves and what have you. But here we are, 10 games in, 14 points on the table. If you just extrapolate that forward, that comes in at uh, 64 points. And uh, if we have played the Preston game and won it, we're on the verge of the playoffs. And I think most people would settle for that. So good evening, uh, Mark. Good evening, uh, Ian. Uh, Ian, you first. How, how, how are you feeling after today? We got those two difficult ones out of the way. So that's a good thing. And we were in both of them big time. Less so today than Wednesday, perhaps. Yeah, I'd agree with you at Norwich. We were in the game big time. Today, I thought we were poor. I have to be honest, there were two or three bright sparks. But overall, the game was poor. And that's the worst I've seen our midfield play all season. Uh, Defence looked more solid individually. You know, Naismith wasn't doing any Cruyff turns or trying to run past players at the back. I thought Zach Viner and Rob Atkinson did well enough. Um, But both wing backs never gave us anything going forward. And quite poor defensively. And the two central midfielders weren't in the game. Most disappointing thing for me today was Scotty picking up his fifth booking. And if if someone doesn't get hold of him and stop it, he's on course for 23 bookings this season. Yeah. And that's up where Joe Williams was, I think, because he had a tremendous record for bookings. His, uh, his, worst, season, Wigan, his worst season was 16. Right. So, so that's something that Scotty needs to, uh, yeah, he, needs to he, sort he, out. He can't, yeah, he, he can't go on like that. He's too valuable. He's too good a player. And, it, and the booking today, you know, it, it was a bad tackle and it was a booking all day long. So I can't argue with that. I thought the referee, Oliver Langford, was actually excellent today. Yeah. No, he was OK. Saying that, just before Scotty got booked, he should have given a foul. because Naki Wells was clattered. So two wrongs don't make a right. But And a few people were saying on OTIB that, you know, it was like, Premiership club, Premier League referee, and there we get in all the breaks. Uh, no. Mark, um, we we knew it was going to be a tough week, Norwich away and and Burnley away. I'm hoping that I was hoping that we get the Preston game played, win there, and then it was two free hits. So, how are you feeling as 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 we're sat here now in the wake of that uh, defeat? I'm not. I'm not feeling overly disappointed. I think that today was a completely different game to, uh, to to the Norwich game, where I mean Burnley played like we thought Norwich would play. They played the ball around swift, slickly, some very good movement. Uh, they companies turned the club on its head from a very direct side. Lost a lot of big, uh, big players, but he brought in a lot. Uh, he brought in a number of loans from the Premier League, uh, and a few and a few bargains from uh, from Belgium. Uh, and got a very good passing team. And they dominated the game. And like Ian said, we really didn't, you know, we didn't uh, uh, have very good possession and we really lost lost the battle in midfield. But I think it was down to the quality uh, of Burnley. And we really missed uh, Alex Scott in the second half. And I think, I think um, Nigel Pearson took him off for that foul on Cullen that uh, Ian said was a foul all day long. And it's just one of those things. We had some great opportunities. There are a couple of goal-saving challenges that prevent prevented a goal, and Semenyo missed a good chance, which we'll, we'll come to. So we've run both sides very close. I think the disappointing uh, uh, the disappointing game was Wednesday's game, which we should have won. Today we were beaten by a better side, but City showed great discipline. Great endeavour. They just didn't have the quality at the end. And if you look at the players they brought off the bench compared with ours, they were far better. And I'm not. There's no scapegoat. But you know, if you look at Han Noah Masengo when he came on, he just wasn't in the game. He, he didn't get used adjusted to the pace of the game. And really, you know, we 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 just weren't able to grind out that equaliser. But we worked. We worked so hard. We got three free home games uh, in four coming up and we got every chance of making it back into the playoff zone. So, positive. 
yeah okay that's uh, that's a good uh, summation there i mean ian the stats today 72 percent possession for them uh 28 for us you know i mean at one stage in the second half we talk about the detail but uh I suppose one good thing, we're not having 20-odd-plus shots coming in uh, on goal uh, every game now, are we? We had nine against their 13 on target, six versus our five. That's a, a decent stat to come out of it, isn't it, yeah? Yeah, well, that tells you a lot about our, our team in in terms of we're, we're a threat going forward. We always look like we've got a goal in us, possibly two, but you're not going to be scoring two and three goals away from home against the better teams in the division. So it's not difficult to see um, where where we need to improve. Whether we've got the capability to improve defensively, I'm not sure. I mean, we've got two big players in both sense of the word uh, out in Calas and closer. That can make a difference. But things like being first to second balls would be a great, would be a great help. And I thought we were second to the ball way, way, way too often today. And, and, and um, that's, that's something that's, that's just down to the players. That's, that's a confidence thing. That's an ability thing. That's an energy thing. And, and as you said, I was so disappointed in Masengo when he came on. In fact, I was, apart from Joe Williams, I was disappointed in all the substitutes that, that they didn't give Nigel Pearson anything to think about. And, and one thing, where I will be slightly critical is um, I thought Tanner should have replaced Sykes after about 60 minutes because he was clearly struggling. Yeah. Um, and and you've got Tanner on the bench, fresh, ready to go, and he doesn't bring him on, which which I thought was, was you know, give the, give the kid 15 minutes. He might be able to get forward, get a cross in, and we might score from it. Um, yeah, because you're always in it. You're always in it at 2-1, aren't you? Always yeah, you are. I mean, it's only going to take a break or a mistake or something like that. I mean, Semenyo, I, I thought Conway was fairly anonymous. He had an accidental assist for um, Naki Wells' goal. Um, I thought he's fairly anonymous. Semenyo came on, a couple of little bright bits and a couple of shots, but nothing really uh, to get you wildly excited. Um, but that was more overall. I mean, ev- basically every time Burnley had the ball and moved it with any pace, we looked like we were struggling. Um, whereas against Norwich, as I said, I thought we were the better team on the night and it was just individual mistakes that, that caused us the problems. Uh, today was different. It was the overall team performance that caused us the problem. Over for a second, we'll carry on talking uh, to Mark because my, <laughs> my sound's gone a bit wonky. <laughs> Oh, okay, you want me to no, take over? Okay. Back in now. I can hear you now. Right. I can hear you now. Okay, good show. All right, let's. You talked about people standing off and not getting uh, close to the ball. Um, I'll, I'll stick with you, uh, Ian, and then I'll come to Mark on this. I mean, the first goal, and that that was followed by, uh, sorry, preceded by uh, Wells having a bit of a heavy touch, not a real chance early on. But uh, take us through that first goal, Ian, because it was it wasn't great, was it? No, I mean Matson. Who's one of their smallest players won a header, and it was more luck than judgment. The ball found its well way to Manuel Benson, who I thought was their best player. It's particularly tricky, left-sided player, more often than not on the right, um, and we struggled with him in the first half. I was quite surprised when he took him off, but Benson picked up the ball. He advanced towards the goal. No one closed him down. Uh, Alex Scott had a slash at the ball and fell on his backside. Uh, Benson picked up the ball. Off he went. Ran towards the goal. Nobody came towards him. Ran towards the goal. Ran towards the goal. Kept going until he was about, well, I don't know, 12, 13 yards out. Low left foot shot, shot past uh, Dan Bentley. Do you think so, Dan should have got? Do you think Dan should have got that, or was the pace of the somebody, shot? And it was just inside I, the post. Well, I think somebody should have got in the way. Is mm. what I think. And there was lots. I mean, Rob Atkinson started to slide when he was about two meters away. So nobody seemed to go across. There was just a big hole in the defence. Uh, and off he went. Um, so really poor goal to concede. And then you're on the back foot after four minutes. Again, again, an early goal conceded. How did you see that one, uh, Mark? Uh, the goal. I mean, our defence sort of parted like the Red Sea to let him through, didn't it? Well, they were they were guilty of ball, ball watching. And we we do that a lot. Yeah. I mean, the ball, it's our throwing uh, on the on the left. 
it's it's just headed over headed 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 inside by by Matson and Scott's all at sea completely completely misses the ball, but Naismith and Atkinson just stand off uh, Benson and he's able to advance. I can't I bet he cannot believe the amount of space and time he's got before he hits that ball. He's just we just invited him to make it and City of you know they just seem to switch off early in games. I mean it happened the other night with that awful mistake. Uh, by uh, Naismith from the uh, just a long a, a routine long free kick from Hanley, but this today was again was ball watching and you, and, and it, it was the same for the second goal which we'll come to, but early on you know City were very frantic after that uh, and they did fret. Well, they almost got a second mark the home team didn't they? Because well, uh, I mean there was a twenty four t- minutes t- Rodriguez. I've got well Rodriguez. there was one before that after mm. six minutes. Uh, Teller just skipped past Naismith like he wasn't there uh, and the ball came back to Brownhill and he, and he had a volley just behind the six-yard box and Atkinson made an absolutely fantastic block and the ball yes, bloomed over the bar. Yeah, no, you're right about that one. But then on 24 minutes, after Rodriguez set Teller up, uh, that, that striker should really have scored, shouldn't he? Yeah. And, and... Yeah, I mean, he, he the, the ball was, was Benson again, beat Atkinson on the line. I mean, he had two players stuck to him, played 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 the ball, and it was played across left left to right again, and Teller missed a, a missed an open goal. He just could not get. He completely scuffed it. Uh, the goal was gaping. He scuffed it to to the right of the goal, and it, that should have been two nil. Mm, mm. But after that, and whilst we maybe could have been two nil, we weren't. It was only one, and Ian. We got an equaliser on the 26 minutes. Uh, Wells did well to force the corner. Um, take us through that one as you saw it. Naismith in swinger. Somebody got a touch on it. The ball hit. Uh, well, their, their defender tried to clear the ball. He kicked it into uh, Conway. Conway. Ball, ball bounced from Conway down to Wells, who, who weren't going to miss from about two feet out. So, uh, unusual goal for Bristol City because we don't get loads from set pieces, do we? Um, no. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it goes in the book. Is Naki Wells' goal. And, and, and nice to see Naki get a goal. And, and he was by far um, our best forward, if not our best player today, probably our best player. It's just a shame we couldn't give him better service. Yeah. How did you see the goal, Mark? As Ian just said, we don't often get goals of that ilk from dead ball situations and tap-ins from uh, a yard out. What even a yeah. yard out, was it? <laughs> it? It was surprising. I thought Burnley, I mean, they would they would defend that a lot better. Uh, and the way I saw it, great in-swinger from Naismith. He's got a wand of a left foot. And it was flicked by Conway towards goal. I think Harwood Bellis tried to push it out and it went straight to Naki Wells and he had a two-yard screamer into the back of the net. And... You know, from looking like we were going to be overrun because we, you know, it was like the charge of the light brigade from City at times in the opening 15 minutes. We tried to go toe to toe with them. And when we lost the ball easily in midfield, you know, their counter attack, they looked like they were going to carve us open with Manuel Benson. And we, we stayed disciplined because the game went dead probably for about 20 minutes. We kept our shape very well, created chances. And that ball came from a corner. There was just a long ball at the back of the defence. And Naki Wells makes himself available. Uh, I think Bayer's in the left-back position, but Wells is pressing down on him and wins that corner. Great work rate and endeavour. And that's what City have done this season. Been able to create chances because their forwards have worked exceptionally hard. Wells mm. and Conway. And that's why they're first to get the shirt because Pearson knows that he can trust them to make defenders work very hard. And today we make, make Burnley work very hard uh, in the first half. They they they, they uh, returned the favour in the second, but there you go. Oh, they certainly did the second half. I mean, the, the, it was end-to-end stuff uh, because I've got here 32 minutes. Brownhill had a trademark free kick. Uh, Tommy Conway hit Tommy Conway, went behind for a corner. And then on 35 minutes, Brownhill set up Matson um, and and Dan Bentley did a, a decent save. But uh, we had uh, two chances, uh, Ian, before uh, the break. Uh, I've got Conway setting up uh, Atkinson, who again burst through, produced a shot, and then Vyman to Wells, cross to Conway. The shot was blocked. I mean, there was goal opportunities of sorts for either side, but City had the best two chances of that uh, for 
the final best two chances of that closing period. And Atkinson's looking more assured going forward, isn't he? And taking the shot, he, he may be deserved that if that had gone in. Do you want me to give my take on it, David? If Dean's Go on, there? you give your take. Yeah, if Ian, Ian's, yeah this was uh, this yeah. was terrific. Oh, I am here. Sorry, Ian. Go for oh, it. Are you there now, Ian? Yeah. He was... yeah, I was just saying we had two chances just before the break, followed no, no. two chances that they had. And Atkinson, uh, uh, having been set up by Conway, he put in uh, a, a good shot that was saved. And then there was a good move involving Vyman, Wells and Conway. The shot was blocked. That was two chances uh, just before the break. But uh, we were doing OK, weren't we? We were very much in the game. And it was at that period of the game, I would say the 10, 15 minutes before half time. it was akin to the Norwich game in terms of its openness from both sides. Did you see it like that? Ian. No, not. I got to be honest, Dave. I didn't. Um, I thought Atkinson coming forward, he should have crossed the ball earlier. I mean, what he's doing this season a lot better is when he brings the ball out, he's not losing it. Um, he's finding a teammate or putting in some, putting in a useful cross or or having a shot or doing something. Whereas last season he brought the ball out a lot and um, and lost it. And it was I used to fall out with people who were talking about him being the you know the next Adam Webster. Um, <laughs> So I, 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 no, I, I thought we were second best for the vast majority of the game. I think we had about five, five or six good minutes in it. Mm. Um, but I thought Burnley thoroughly deserved the win. And if they'd have won by more goals, um, I said during the week when people, people asked me about Burnley and we we're doing a preview, I said Burnley have got some really good footballers, but they lack a cutting edge. And I think it showed that today because I think if, if, Burnley had our forwards, um, they might have scored five or six today. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the, the players that we've got forward, you know, I mean, Voiman's a forward, um, and you've got Conway and Wells got poor service today. Semenyo got poor service when he came on. Uh, might have got a shot on target in the second half, but he didn't. Um, mm. So, I mean, I thought it was a thoroughly deserved win for Burnley. We've played two away games against what probably some of the best opposition we're going to come up against in the championship. And I said before the game, these two games wouldn't be season defining by any stretch of the imagination. But as it is, um, we scored three, conceded five. We know where the problem are, uh, problem is. We've only got, there's only one side of the division conceded more goals than us now. And we're joint top scorers. So yeah. as people used to say to me when I was a young lad, that tells a tale to all blind now. You, you just look at it. And you think, right, well, we know where we need to improve. Coaches, we've got two weeks off now. Some of the lads are trooping off on international duty. You uh, go and, um, I take it, Scotty can still play, even though he's picked up five yellows. I don't think they count. I would imagine he can for the international break. Yeah, Yeah, Antoine's going to be going off to um, Ghana. So um, let's see, let's hope that they come back uh, fit and healthy. and, right. Let's um, go through some of the go. looking forward and the break and what have you when we've wrapped up with the game. I mean, well, I was going to say, uh, go Ian. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, mate. Crack yeah, on I mean, about, was... crack on about the second half, Mark. Yeah, well, early uh, in the second in the second half, there was a you know four minutes in, and there's a great run by Sykes uh, down the right hand side, and he plays in. Uh, Wells takes it early. Uh, in in the uh, in the eighteen yard box and forces a good save from Muric. It was a bit central under the bar and it was tipped tipped over. So City started the second in the second half strongly, and then Vyman was put through into the area on the left, but uh, was was flagged for offside uh, before before he could do anything. And then really, I think that was a, the last bit of real action before um, before before Burnley really took over and dominated the play. Would you agree with that, Ian? Uh, can anybody hear me? I thought I thought Naki. Sorry, I was on mute. Then. You're on there. Um, yeah. The Naki Wells, that move between Naki Wells, Joe Williams, Antoine Semenyo. The ball finished up at Antoine's feet. He's lashed the ball over the bar uh, when I think he should have hit the target. And there was a move late on where I think it was Andy Vyman ran in behind, got a cross in, and the defender just took it off um, Antoine Semenyo's foot in the middle. So yeah, that uh, was Harwood you know, like Bellis. Yeah, yeah, we had it was on loan from Man City, I believe, but we had five or six, five five or six minutes of of good stuff during the game where we showed people 
what we can do. But we overall, we needed to be a lot more competitive. And against sides like that, it might be an idea leaving the number 10 out and playing an extra midfield player so you can actually get hold of the ball. Yeah, yeah, we've said that. We've said that before. So I'm back in. I'm back in now, guys. Did you lose me for a minute? In yeah, the I mean, the, yeah, the, 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 the story of the second have you done, half. Have you done what proved to be the winning goal, by the way? What, no, what, what I think we've, we that? sort of, we've sort of, I, I started talking about the uh, the action at the start of the second half, then I lost sound. And then Ian was talking about the general, City's general attacking play. I mean, yeah. the, the goal was a result of um, Burnley playing the ball left to right, left to right. And they played the ball to Goodmanson uh, in the right channel. He's got two players against uh, two players trying to mark him. He plays the ball in left-footed, and it City players again they stand off. Rodriguez ball watching t- is what you they're guys ball said. Wa- earlier, yeah, they're ball it? watching. Yeah. Rodriguez takes the ball uh, behind the penalty spot. He's got about four play- City players in front of him. I think a, a Burnley player ducks out of the way. I don't know whether Bentley or the players have got the sun in their eyes, but he takes the ball early and heads it down, uh, in you know, right into the corner of the goal. But nobody, nobody's prepared to come out and take that ball. Similar to the, the Blackpool game, the ball's in the air and we're just standing off, waiting for a player to take the ball. Bad mistake. Certain, there you go. But there's certain certain things that you've got to do when you're defending, and it's like defending one oh one. You've got to mark players. He was completely unmarked. You've yeah. got to tackle players. You've got to track runners. You've got to close down and get tight. And what you haven't got to do is ball watch. Now, we don't just do one of those things wrong. We do all of them wrong. And if you, you look at the two goals today, that absolutely highlights what the problem is. And Nigel Pearson and his coaches have got to find those solutions. And it, it's as simple as that. And I keep saying it. And, um, you know, have I got great faith that he's going to be able to do it? No, but I, I want, I, I truly, truly want to see it because if we can do what we've done at home and keep clean sheets, then we're very, very likely to score goals in every game we play. So it, it's and not. And if we a... can do that, we would be in the playoffs, won't we? Because there's no other than Sheffield United and possibly Norwich. There's probably, I'll say, at least 12 clubs playing for four spots in the league. You know, when you look at some of the clubs that we expect to do well, right down at the bottom, it's only after 10 games, I'm talking West Brom and Middlesbrough in particular. But if we can iron out that problem, then happy days. Um, You said about substitutions, Ian, um, and I thought, okay, you're bound to bring on uh, Chris Martin, again, to have more effort up front. But I think it was you said, or it might have been Mark, Hano, when he came on, he doesn't, Sloppy, just not on it, was he? He was caught in possession, I think, once, and he ran the ball back, and uh, we had to close the close the player down, or, he, or 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 he or he had a shot. He just wasn't up to the pace of the game at all. Um, don't know what's gone gone wrong with him. You know, from those those two games, uh, when he, especially against Cardiff, when he was full of energy. Um, when he comes on as a substitute, he just looks so far off the pace. Mm. And again, again the today. Is- the problem is, Mark, that the kid's probably thinking, even if I have a great game, I'm not going to get in the team, so why should I bother? But equally, he should be playing well because if somebody's going to buy him right, or he's going to go somewhere, he's in a better position to negotiate yeah. a contract if he's no, he's putting not. in storming performances. Nobody's going to buy yeah, him now, David. Not, not in no, I don't mean buy him. All right, he's going to go. Yeah. But if you're watching him... If you put in good performances, you might be going to Club X, uh, X grand a week in France, which is probably where he's going to end up. Or, you know, if you put in stonking performances, like you said, he showed against the Cardiffs of this world. No, this or Cardiff, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Club Y might come in and offer him four grand, four four thousand euros a week more. So surely that's the mindset, unless he actually knows where he's going 100%. He couldn't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, the problem is when we, I mean, could 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 Pearson have brought brought him on uh, at halftime instead of Williams? That probably been taking a big risk. I mean, bringing Williams on for Scott Pearson's thinking, I don't want to risk another yellow card if he just makes a silly foul. He's going to get sent off. Mm. But you lose your creativity and and and, and energy. I mean, for a, a young player, he's got very good vision. Uh, Alex Scott, 
you know, he's not not going to be a world beater at the moment, but he's one of the best players that we've got. And we really missed his energy and his vision in the second half and his pace. We just didn't have any pace at all, really, with yeah. James with James and Williams. Um, and well, I don't know. I thought Williams looked lively today. Uh, Mark, yeah, fairness, you know, well, well, what I mean times, compared, yeah. but, but compared compared to Scott, they're completely they're completely different players. Yeah, yeah. Williams was unlucky. He had a goal bound shot again, blocked mm. by Harwood Bellis. He's got his foot under uh, under Murich and made a, made a, a, a goal sa- a goal saving block. Uh, Williams could have been Williams' first ever goal, but yeah, they're completely, completely different players, and we just don't have that depth. There is nobody mm. else. The same with defence. We've got nobody else to call upon at the moment. All right. You know, where you, you compare that with Burnley, they had a much stronger bench. And as Ian said, the players that we did bring on made, apart from Williams, made no real impression. We brought Martin on to try and hit those balls, but there was no service. I think no. the good thing that came out of today was that, you know, City concede that second goal and... If you, if you'd have compared that with the games that we played against players like Sheffield United last season, we'd have we'd have had the stuffing knocked out of us. Yeah, and we'd have lost. No, we our were shape. resilient, and we've we got were, more. Yeah. We've got more energy, Ian, and we still offer a threat. Yeah, Ian, we talk about a back three uh, of Viner, Naismith, and Atkinson. Uh, I, I've got to say a shout out for Zach Viner. I thought he did some good stuff, other than waving his arms around a bit towards the end of the game when there was nobody moving for him, and then he follows it up with a absolutely crap, uh, worldy attempt at a worldy pass, forty yards when City were trying to go down. But Zach, um, in terms of hmm, form, I can't give Naismith the number one in the back three. I would go Atkinson, Zach, and Naismith, which then begs the question, Ian, that if close. Or, um, dare I say, Callas, who's now been out for six months, for Christ's sake. But if both of those can get fit over the international break, do they come in and you push, as you've said more than once, you push Naismith into the middle alongside Scott? What do you lose by putting Naismith alongside Scott if you're going to have a middle two? Well, Ian, the way I, I look at it, when people talk about Zach Viner, and as I said in the week, if you imagine if it was Zach Viner, this made the individual errors that Naismith had, he'd be pilloried from mm. where I am at the moment to breakfast time. And if <laughs> the, the way I the way I see it is that um, if you're relying on Zach Viner to hit forty yard world class passes from the back then you've completely lost the midfield. And today we completely lost the midfield. We weren't any good in midfield in the first half and we were even worse in the second. Now, I'm not saying people aren't trying, but there just isn't the quality there. And we spent most of the 90 minutes chasing the ball because whenever we had it, or most often when we had it, and I'll say that was, if you say 80 minutes out of the 90, we kept giving it back to Burnley, either by by trying over-elaborate passes you know, you wouldn't say, if I said to you, what are Zach Viner's strengths? You wouldn't say 45 and 50 Virgil van Dijk-esque diagonal balls, would you? Now, you might say that's one of Naismith's strengths, but he didn't do that as much today. He put in a more, what I call a more solid performance. Yeah. Zach's done good, done good, done well um, as part of the back three. But as you said earlier, we have no choice. We haven't got closer. We haven't got Callas. Um, Joe Lowe hasn't made we haven't (laughs) got Cundy well Joe Lowe is a similar player to Cundy hasn't made um, our team no Uh, so Nigel Pearson can't think that he's ready for the step up yet and we'll probably see that when he appears on a bench we haven't got the balance on the bench for example I thought Jada Silva that was probably his worst game for us today if you had Cambring on the bench and you've already got Tanner on there you could replace... Well, you can switch both of those positions, can't you? Yeah, or you dare can. I say, Kane, yeah, or dare you I can, say, but Kane just, Wilson. But it's just, well, I don't know. Wilson seems to be in the a bit in the in land of the banished, to be honest. Um, Tanner, I think they've got him in the side because they feel that he can play right centre back at a mm. push. Um, so he'd, yeah. he'd be in there because but, he can play more positions. But, but let me, sorry, again. Go on. No, no I was going to say, on. let me get back to the original question, right? If we assume that one of Close or Callas is available 
for QPR, and it probably ain't going to be callous because you won't have any match practice. But if we assume close is available, right? Yeah. Do you take? Do you put him in the team, and you pull push Naismith further forward into that middle ground? Because I think I think. Well, you could I do the way Hano. We... I think the net, the way Hano Masengo is playing at the moment, he's offering very little. Um, yeah. And Matty James is seems a bit, you know, you can get twenty. He's, he, he is in midfield. What I thought Chris Martin was up front, you know, which is a bit cumbersome. And okay, Joe Williams is there, but if you bring Naismith into the middle, yeah, would would you do that if closest fit? And I'll ask Mark the same question, but you. Feel here yeah, that, that's a great question yeah, you, could, you you could hang on you you could you could do i think it's more likely that nigel pearson will play joe williams and matty james in the middle of the midfield uh, against qpr who were once again a side that have got clever players uh like elias chair um who passed the ball well so um he has to decide how we're going to play, but I would say at the moment, um, I'd rather have Naismith in the middle of that map, that midfield in Han Noah because Han Noah was offering nothing either defensively or going forward. But I mean, yeah. in his mind, he may be in a place that says, Well, you know, I knocked myself out, I was man of the match against Cardiff or whatever, and the next game I'm dropped. So, what's the point? Yeah. And it happened to him last season as well after he had an absolute worldly game against Preston. That's right. And, yeah, and best that player makes, they'd seen. And then he's Best player gone. they'd seen, all the rest yeah. of it. And then, you, you know, then he's dropped yeah. the next game. Let me, ask Mark, let me ask Mark the same question, Mark. I mean, you know, well, Mills has said on here, Close hasn't the pace to not play in the centre of a back three. I think he means hasn't the pace to play in the centre of a back three. But Mark, what what do you think? If Close, if it's all ifs, isn't it? But if Close or Callas are available... Has Zach done enough not to be the full guy when they come back? And Ian's been mooting the idea of Naismith in the middle where his left foot, it would be an overstatement to say it's as cultured as Brian Tinian's was. But oh, God, never, no. Yeah. What do you think of that, Mark, as a as a suggestion or a possibility? I don't think I don't think that Pearson would do it. I mean, he could play him as left centre back. I can't I can't see him playing. Or even left back. I can't see him play, playing in midfield. I mean, he's, he played the last few years in in uh, in, in defence. We're going to have to play James and and, uh, and Williams there because Scott's Scott banned, and we just haven't got the depth in midfield at the moment. And just going back to Anno Masengo, I, I appreciate we got to be subjective about him being dropped and that affects him. But he's a professional footballer at the end of the day, and he's just got to take the take the most make the most of his chances. And if he doesn't, he 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 doesn't play. Based on you know today's performance, it just wasn't. Yeah, but if he makes good enough, hang on, Mark. If he makes the best of his chances and has a, a game like he did against Cardiff, then gets dropped. Well, who was who did we play in the next game? Can't remember, but I mean, ah, he Nigel Pearson doesn't like the fact that he hasn't signed a contract. He's made yeah, no he's secret. made that he's made that clear. Made, yeah. made no secret of that. So the kids probably thinking, well, whatever I do, I'm not going to get a game next week. I'm only here. You know, I'm only in the squad because I have to be because there's nobody else. So, yeah. I mean, at the moment, I'd rather see somebody like Josh Hours. Uh, yeah, get well, a game Josh is gone. He he won't, he's gone Josh. to Gloucester he's on gone. loan. He's gone yeah. to Gloucester right. City on loan in the week. So, I think the only realistic uh, player that's going to come on, going to be on the bench, would probably be Dylan Kaji. Uh, yeah. you know, based on his um, based on the time he got against he got against Wickham, you know, big player, lots lots of energy. Probably had a sort of in and out game against Wickham, but he should be on the bench against QPR. And we just got to hope that uh, James and Williams, you know, are up to the performance uh, in that game. But yeah, this hand though is a, a, a difficult one. I appreciate what you said that he, you know, he deserved to be in the side after that performance against Cardiff. But today, you know, he just wasn't up to the pace of the game when he when he did when he did come on. We just don't have any depth in midfield. But how like do you don't how have do any get, depth? How do you expect people to be up to the pace of first team football when they haven't played a first team game? You know, five minutes here and five minutes there. Uh, any other week, you know, it'd be the I, same when when Pring and Wilson, uh, I'll say, have to play in inverted commas when yeah. they come back. 
They yeah, because they're not even playing. They're not playing for under twenty threes or anything at the moment. Well, are they, they are. are they? Yeah, but they they are occasionally playing mm. for them. But anybody that's seen under twenty one as it is now football and seen first team football, it, it's night and day, day. Light years, light years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Let me ask you another that... question. Let's pick another player. Uh, just another player. Uh, Ian, you first, and then, then Mark. Oh, well, I thought Viner was disciplined, by the way. I thought he played at a very disciplined performance. Yeah. Got lots of great tackles and blocks in uh, against his opponent today. I don't think he had a bad game at all. No, no they're okay. a good game. Um, next, next player I want to ask uh, about, Ian, you. Andy Vyman, he's been, I think, a bit subdued. I know he was involved in that excellent pattern of play when uh, Semenyo ended up scooping the ball over the top. But Andy's, and if you say about having the extra man in midfield, then with Conway and Wells playing like they are, he's the obvious contender to go if he's going to stick with Sykes and JDS as wingbacks. So what do you think of how Andy is playing at the moment? Because I don't think he, and this isn't a criticism, I just don't think he's, it was rumour of an rumor of an injury, I think it was towards the end of last month, but am, am I reading too much into a, a dropping off in a prolific goal-scoring form that he showed last year? Well, I think the team's changed a lot from last year. If you look at this, that front three, two of the three are different. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Andy Voiman hasn't been as good the last three or four games mm. um, because we're playing the ball. It's far, it's a lot different having Wells and Conway up front than having um, Martin and Semenyo up there. Uh, yeah. So, so that's something we need to consider. The other thing is the service uh, that the front players need, and I'm classing Voiman as a front player, um, and and I think that could be another reason. But yeah, you you can do that. Um, answer to Steve about gone again. Yeah, I can hear you, Mark. I think it was uh, Ian had gone off there. Um, what's Steve saying on there? So consistent selection, blah 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 blah. All right, you can hear me, Mark, can't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, I can. I can hear you. Yeah, I've, I mean, there's a. I think there's a. There's an option to play to play Antoine there. Uh, different players. It's whether he has the discipline to be able to hold the ball. I mean, he can certainly he can certainly run run past players, but I think yeah, Antoine has lost a bit of his sharpness. He played a couple of good balls in today. That passage of play in the second half, where Semenyo scooped it over, should have done better. And his ball into Conway in the first half, uh, into Wells in the first mm. half, where Conway really was the keeper got there first, didn't he, Murich, Before he could he could push the ball past him, and then then Vyman, the ball bounced behind him for the rebound. He would surely have put that in. I think he tried to force a few passes uh, when he might have been better just making a simpler pass and, and the ball was given away. I think the fact that he, he just hadn't scored any goals. We're so used to Andy Vyman scoring in consecutive games at yeah. the end of last season and the beginning of this. that It was almost, we thought it was going to be a given. He was scoring every game. So it's a possibility of maybe bringing in Antoine uh, in the number in the number ten role, but really you've also got to play as an auxiliary midfielder. So it's you know being disciplined, being able to drop back, uh, being able to. I mean, Vyman's there to press, uh, to press with Conway uh, and Wells, and you've also got to hold the line. You've got to stay tight uh, to you know to 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 your midfield opposite, and. Uh, you know that's that's where the discipline, the shape mm. comes in. You've got to be able, you've got to be able to trap back. And I know, you know, before Antoine's, you know, trundled into view sometimes. So I think, I think he needs to improve some yeah. of his defending. But yeah, I, Andy's been a little. I, bit I off think. Cutter. I think. I think. I mean, you know, you, you're not gonna, you're never gonna drop Andy Vyman. In fact, it was interesting listening to the uh, players chatting about. I think it was Zach and um, uh, Zach and Jada Silver on Robin's TV. Talking, uh, you know, who who's the best trainer? Who does this? Who's the manager's favourite? And they both said uh, Andy Vyman. And who's the worst trainer? And they said Andy Vyman, but he always puts a shift in on uh, the match day. I mean, again, let's assume Callas does come back one day. A midfield of Naismith, uh, Scott, and either Williams or James uh, sounds exciting. 
uh, that ain't ever going to happen because you know he's going to persist with um, he, he is going to persist with Andy there, and that's not calling for Andy's uh, Andy to be dropped. It's just saying he's not showing what he did uh, last season. Okay, Ian, the the boys have got a week off now. Um, some of them, as you say, are going on international duty. Um, it, it's three months now until the transfer window. I'm taking the view that, you know, if we maintain the form that we have, we're going to be there or thereabouts on the edge of the playoff come the opening of the January window. Do you agree with my view, Ian? Uh, and I'll come to you, Mark, as well, but Ian first. Do you agree with my view that we probably would be a good thing to for somebody to take one of our assets off our hands? And by that, I mean Semenyo or Scott to enable us to carry out that those that strengthening of the side that is necessary, yeah? Or do you think by the time we get to January, Callas will be back, hopefully, and those defensive woes may have gone away and hopefully we can hang on to Antoine for another six months? What, 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 what do you think? Do you think we need to sell to be able to buy? Well, we do, but do you think that well, would be a good thing? Well, we need... We need to sell to be able to buy. Number one, yeah, quite correct. We know everybody knows that. You know, the dogs in the street know that, um, and everybody else in the EFL knows that as well. Uh, we're not going to give our players away. If the stories going round and right about a, a ten million bid from Bournemouth, from uh, for Semenyo near the deadline day, and a, a bid from an unknown German club for Andy Byman. Uh, if those stories are true, then uh, we're not going to take silly offers, which I didn't think we would for a minute. I didn't think Richard Gould was going to do that. If we get a big bid, then, you know, the the and by, by big, I mean 20 million plus for Scotty or Semenyo, then, yeah, we'll, we'll sell. It then it all comes back to, and this, this sounds like complete common sense, that you... Uh, it depends what you do with the money. I mean, I I spend the money. Obviously, if Semenyo goes, you need to bring in another striker. Or you could say, well, where we're short is in midfield. Let's bring mm. in a couple of quality midfield players, even um, even if it's on loan. Um, so th- that's what I try and do. Um, mm. So, but is it going to happen? It didn't. There wasn't that much. Um, spending in transfer activity in the um, um, in in the summer window, and the summer window was a lot longer. The January window, to quote the parlance, is a notoriously difficult window to do business in. Okay, if if it is, then it's likely that we won't do anything, and we've got what we've got plus younger lads coming through from now until the end of the season. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I mean, if you look at, I mean, look at some of the results today, um, uh, Huddersfield haven't been able to buy a win. So they beat Cardiff who, who won away in midweek, uh, Blackburn have been going well and they're in a good, they're in the top six, uh, look, they get beat two nil at Luton. Um, you know, Preston haven't been scoring any goals. But they that's three in 10 games. Three in 10 yeah, games. They, ha- they haven't been losing games, but they lost 2-0 to Sheffield United today. So it, it's, I think it's quite easy to look at the division and say, well, yeah, we know which teams are going to stand out. It's probably the ones that have still got parachute payments. So I'm saying Sheffield United, Norwich, Burnley, um, and uh, Sheffield United, Norwich, Burnley, and then after that, it starts looking at the league table as you're speaking, Ian. And there are actually four points separating Sunderland in fifth and Hull in 20th. And as Mark said a short while ago, we got four, four game next four games. I think it's QPR, uh, well, not I think it's QPR at home. And then, Mark, is it Birmingham away and then two home games after that? Yeah, is that how it goes in the next? Yeah, uh, it's uh, QPR and uh, Coventry at home, QPR on the first, Coventry on the fourth, right. away at Birmingham on the Birmingham. Uh, eighth. And then it's Mill home, West Brom away on the 18th, Reading away on the 22nd, 
and an early kickoff against Swansea on Saturday the 29th. So four four home and three away. I mean, a funny thing about this division... So seven games got... in 31 days, that is yeah. it, pretty much. Well, it? I mean, if, well, in, tw- if in 29 days... tonight, they go sixth. Yeah. yeah I mean, the crazy thing is Sunderland, Sunderland Ammer, Reading, 3-0. Uh, whatever the Majesty's called this uh, this season uh, in the week, and then Reading go and win away at Wigan. They're on 18 points in third place. Uh, West Brom are really struggling this season. They get a draw. They got a draw. They, they got a draw at they, Norwich today, didn't they? Yeah, I mean they're they're struggling down the end. Uh, I mean Steve Bruce could be one defeat away uh, from from the sack. They're only on on 10 points, but they're on mm. 10 points in 21st yeah. place. Yeah. We're on 14 points in eighth place. It's yeah. very it's very close, but we've been we've been very very competitive this season. And I think if we could. I mean, the problem is, it's a big if. It's midfield. We just. Don't right, Ian, have oh, any sorry, depth. Ian. Ian, I want to. I want Mark, you, Mark, to sort of answer the same question I put to Ian. That, to some extent, right? We, if we sell one of our assets in the January window, yeah, and to some extent, it's almost got to be Semenyo because his value yeah. will go down go if he's still out of contract in the summer, right? If we sell one of our assets. Who knows? Somebody might come in for Conway because if he's got twelve goals by the time the window opens, which he could well do that, would that be that bad a thing? And who would be the worst one to lose in January, Scott or Semenyo? Well, well, either. Well, I mean, well, either would be a huge blow. Let's look look back at at the end of the last transfer window. Fulham offered 12 million for Brereton Diaz, who's probably a much more proven striker at this level. Mm. Uh, and uh, and then Blackburn turned it down rightly, probably because it was they they probably wouldn't get a replacement, and they thought it was uh, it was uh, it was far far too low. So they turned down 12 million. There was an inquiry from Bournemouth for 10 million, but then of course, are we? Do we really think we'll get 15 million, 15 to 20 for oh. uh, for Semenyo? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. I think it's more that the fact that. You know, he'd be a, he'd be a huge loss. But logically, the only way we're going to bring players in is if we move players out. The only assets yeah. we got is Semenyo and Scott for big money. Vyman, because of his age, would would only probably fetch about I mean five million tops because it'd be the January window from somebody. Then he would go, and maybe even Bentley as a backup Premier League player. If we thought we, if they thought that uh, O'Leary, I mean O'Leary's still there, that Bajic could step up or O'Leary, and he goes for maybe a couple of a million to uh, to a Premier League team as as, as second or, or third choice player. Know. But no. there's ifs and buts. But otherwise, no. no. Scott and Semenya would be a huge blow. Uh, but one of, somebody's going to have to go if we want to build, and then we haven't yeah. got any depth. So we've got two players coming back in defence, uh, but other than that, paper thin in midfield, and that's where the quality really is. Paper really thin using. in midfield, even yeah, though when thin. we rattle off the names and the volume there, paper thin in midfield. For right? quality. Well, <laughs> paper thin in midfield. Yeah, Joe I Williams, so. Alex Scott, Matty James, Andy Joe King, Williams can't play two games in a week. Hannah Masengo. Uh, uh, Ed, Ed's not there. Yeah. We're being right. subjective. Ed's All not right. there. Going, going, going. He'll uh, be out, out the door at the end of the season. And okay. Pearson doesn't don't like him. So yeah, that all those things considered, we're lightweight okay. in the field. All right. Now, one of the top hot topics on the OTIB is um, OTIB. Yeah, that's right. Is um, <laughs> if the Leicester job becomes available. Um, and this was a topic that was run in a couple of weeks ago. And as we're recording this on Saturday evening, I'm looking at the score from uh, whatever Tottenham's ground is called these days, and it is Tottenham 3, Leicester 2. People have been saying Brendan Rodgers is uh, one defeat away from getting the boot. Ian, um, sentimentality, that would be the only reason maybe for Leicester to offer Pearson. Do you think that's likely to happen on a scale of one to ten? Final question. Zero. zero. Fair enough. Mark? Yeah, absolute zero. I mean, they okay. Leicester have suffered and the fact that they've done they only brought one player in uh during the transfer window and they've you know they've they've lost Wesley Fafana and had major major uh distraction. 
with that going on. And they've been close in a few of these games. And I think Brendan Rodgers has done a brilliant job. They should stick with him. But knowing knowing uh, directors like we do, he, you know, he could be one defeat away from the sack. But I don't think they bring him in. Uh, Pearson in. And I certainly don't think they bring in Sean Dyche uh, with Leicester's progressive style of play, shall we say. Yeah, job for Cox, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Look, it's uh, as I say, we are, as you say, we are where we are. Uh, when you listen to the recording of this, by the way, it will be preceded by the Miami Vice theme because, as I read on Twitter, and people who were listening before we went properly live on it, thirty-eight years ago today, the first episode of Miami Vice was broadcast on the. On, on television, that's something you used to watch. Ian, you probably fancied yourself as a uh, as a Crockett, if I've got them the right way round. Yes, Ian, <laughs> back in the day. I, I don't think I ever fancied myself as one of them guys. I haven't got my jacket rolled up to my elbows as I speak or anything like that. But yeah, I, I remember the series and I remember the film. It was it was okay. Nothing more yeah. than that. John, uh, Jonathan Mann was a director, wasn't he? Very famous oh, American. Christ, that's getting a little bit too technical, technical. for me. Yeah, yeah, he's well, uh, Michael Matt. Michael Matt. Did you? Did you? Michael Matt. You're right, Mark. Did you used to have your yeah, sleeves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it day. was, it, it was very colourful. You know, lots of pa- pastel shaded Miami. But why? I mean, why? I would go around in a pair of espadrilles. I mean, if you're playing darts, you'd lose, you'd lose a toe, wouldn't you? You know, women in a pair, of, in a pair of those girl. Yeah. You know, if girls stood on your foot while you're dancing, they, they, you know, you, that that could sever an artery, couldn't it? Elf out of those things. Might do. Anyway, yeah, linen, linen suits and espadrilles. <laughs> anyway, everybody, that great music. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'm going to twiddle around with a couple of the sound problems that were in the middle of this one, uh, purely uh, my end as usual. And uh, we're on course for going through the hundred thousand barrier. I don't know how we can celebrate. We got to celebrate it somewhere. It won't be this. Won't be this week, but it'll probably be. I'm hopeful of doing a former player interview over the international break. I think it will probably be a QPR game. So uh, everybody who's listening, we've got a regular little uh, listenership. Uh, thanks for that. Ian and Mark, thanks for your contribution. Ian, you carry on enjoying the sun out in uh, Madeira, where you are, uh, and I will enjoy it in Ticking uh, and Towers. I'm sure you'll enjoy it as well, Mark. So everybody, thanks for uh, listening once again to Forever Bristol City Podcast. Three. Come on, you Reds. Cheers, 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 Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Rivers Robins are ba ba bobbing along. When the red, red robin comes ba ba bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. Red, red, round, and start bobbing along.